Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. Here is me researching Bitcoin for the first time. Okay, I know I'm crazy, but who are all these other crazy people? And why do they believe in Bitcoin so much? And why are they willing to pay so much money for a Bitcoin? And why do they quit their jobs to write books about Bitcoin and start podcasts about Bitcoin? Why do they call themselves Bitcoin evangelists? And why are they conjuring up phrases like Bitcoin can save us from a world of fiat darkness and this corrupt monetary system? Well, today, Mark and I are chatting about Bitcoin culture. As Christians, we have a very distinct worldview, one that is informed by the Bible and shapes our thoughts and actions. And like so many things in our world where there is a shared set of values or beliefs, Bitcoin too has developed a culture around decentralized finance and individual sovereignty. Perhaps there are some things we can learn here. Mark and I discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. What can we learn from Bitcoin culture? What parts of Bitcoin culture don't jive with the Christian worldview and need to be approached with a critical eye? So if you've never delved into Bitcoin and don't know what to expect, then this episode will help you understand what to be prepared for. And if you're looking for a great way to actually buy Bitcoin in Canada, the guys at Bull Bitcoin have set up a link for us at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash two stewards. They'll walk you through everything you need to know. We'll put that link in the show notes. And if you use it, you'll get $20 in free Bitcoin. And now, what do we need to know about Bitcoin culture? Hello again, faithful listener. Listeners. Yeah, I think we determined there's more than one now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> hello, people, and welcome back a, to the Two Stewards Show. It's an show. echo chamber. You're just talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Mark. I'm here with Brent. In case you haven't met us before, hello. Nice to meet you. Hello, Brent. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and here we are. So um, we just want to build off some previous uh, episodes and just talk a little bit about Bitcoin culture. We're still kind of exploring how it is, what it works, how Bitcoin works, and still trying to get lo- your vocal cords warmed up there, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's no, the vocal cords are okay. It's the connection between the brain and the right. uh, vocal cords. It's not working so well <laughs> as it usually is. Oh man! But uh, in any case, I wanted to talk a little bit and explore a little bit more about works, eh? Bitcoin. <laughs> Usually. Okay. Um, you want to explore more about Bitcoin? No, a little bit more about Bitcoin culture. Oh, okay. And then specifically, you know, how Christians can interact with that. Because so, if you think about Bitcoin culture as a can of worms, do you really want to get into that can of worms? I mean, I don't really like worms. Okay. The only use I have for worms is fishing, but I don't like fishing either. So, yeah, so maybe we just skip this. <laughs> maybe a can of spaghetti. Okay. There's a can of spaghetti. I could eat that. <laughs> All right. We're going <laughs> to eat um, this up. All right. Yeah. No, I think it's important as, as you know, I've gotten to know more about Bitcoin and then, you know, you discover that there's other people interested in it. Yeah. And like, oh, wow. And there's actually a whole culture and there's varying degrees of the culture but as Christians, if we're, you know, getting into something different or learning something new, um, we're supposed to be leaven in our culture, if you will, right? In our current culture. We, I think we kind of understand that. Leaven is yeast. Well, yeah, sorry, yeast. That's a biblical reference for people. Yeah, I'm not, it's not 9, 10, 11. No. I'm talking about uh, yeast. <laughs> you're supposed to pretend <laughs> that you're 11. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, no, but we have to positively influence whatever yeah. sphere we're in. Like as yeast causes dough to rise. Yes. Okay, okay that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry, I wasn't very clear on that reference. But um, so I think we kind of understand that to varying degrees in the culture we have now. We can get involved in different things. Or just in our our daily yeah. walk. We so this show conversation people. that we're about to have might be a little bit, you know, more relevant to people once they've gotten into Bitcoin, started reading some stuff and yeah. looking at it, whatever. Um, but maybe we can have to do it as a warning. Well, <laughs> so a lot it. of the a lot of the culture that we see in Bitcoin um, overlaps other reactions to current culture. Right. And, you know, specifically, I'm thinking of the very strong libertarian bent that a lot of people have. So not every libertarian is a Bitcoiner. Not every Bitcoiner is a libertarian, but probably pretty close. And, um, you know, again, we've talked about Bitcoin as the response to a problem. And then, you know, different ways of of thinking as a response to corrupt culture as well. 
because it's not just our money that's broken, our, our culture is too. So we're getting a little more, um, I don't know, ethereal with this kind of conversation, but I think it's important as we kind of extol the virtues of Bitcoin, and again, not financial advice, yeah. Um, but as we talk about this more, we want our listeners to understand some of the caveats as well and uh, not fall into those traps. So it's, um, you know, when you're moving away from sort of a, that Keynesian paradigm, so the, the I guess, the old way of thinking. <laughs> Kenya's eyes are like, what <laughs> is Keynesian uh, paradigm? Okay, sorry. I'm yeah. not supposed to use words with more than two syllables <laughs> syllable that's three oh uh-huh. man <laughs> parts You're supposed to not supposed to use words <laughs> no but our, our current way of thinking about economics Sounds especially like your brain is starting to connect now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i gotta slow it down a little okay. bit um no but <laughs> the current way you're maybe you're a maxi <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh... maybe no but the, the established way that we think about our um our economic system yeah. for sure, right? John Maynard Keynes was a guy, he was an economist, early 20th century. And um, we've added to his thinking, like that's, you know, the, the idea with, with Keynes is a numbers-based approach to economics, which we've kind of realized doesn't work because there's psychology involved, but it's also a centrally planned approach to economics. So, you know, Cole's notes from like my OAC economics course <laughs> was um, when there is a recession, the government spends money to like stimulate things and to bring yeah. us out of the recession. And then when they're making money, the government is supposed to save money yeah. uh, for the hard times, right? Which on the face of it sounds really good. Implemented, you know, doesn't do very well. But that's kind of the system that we're used to. And now we've added, you know, a dash of modern monetary theory, or maybe more than a dash, which is basically like deficits don't matter. It's just how you how you shape the economy. Yeah. You have yeah. an unlimited pot of money to, with to, to pull from because yeah. you're the government. Individuals you're can't the, do it. You're the puppet master, and you just have to kind of make the dance. Yeah, keep going kitchen on. table. Budgeting does not apply to governments. It's right. a basic rule, right? right? That applies to That's individuals. It's not really a rule, though. It's it's a false. Oh, I don't agree okay, with okay. it. But the, but this is the where we're coming from. You're laying the groundwork for us. Yes, I'm pouring the footings, as it were. Okay. <laughs> right. I think so you're just digging the hole. <laughs> yeah. So once people, you know, and we kind of got into this through real estate, realizing there's an issue. Why does real estate work? It's because of a broken system. Yeah. So we'll take advantage of that so as not to lose our purchasing power, the value of our our labor. Um, and then, you know, that naturally, I think, brings a lot of people to Bitcoin, and like as the solution to this problem as well. Um, but there, you know, there's a danger because when you have something like a really bad system and you get out of that or you're trying to get out of it, almost anything seems better in comparison. Yeah. And, you know, as Christians, we have to be wise. And if you're moving from one system to another, it should be from a Christian perspective, not from a completely isolated perspective. Like, you know, I was all about Keynesian economics. Like nobody talks like this, but (laughs) in my mind, you know, there's two people talking, (laughs) right? I used to be Keynesian and now I'm libertarian, Yeah. right? like, no, we're Christian. That's that's what defines us. Yeah. And then everything else is sort of a secondary characteristic. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about was Bitcoin culture. Right. Because it, it um, you hear about toxic maximalism. Yeah. Right? These toxic well, maxims. Well, what I think about Bitcoin culture just sim- simply, basically there's the good and the bad, right? Like, hey, there's, there's good things about Bitcoin culture that maybe, you know, can inform... Uh, certain things in our life and certain things in our culture and society, right? And then there's things that, yeah, they're bad and um, maybe can be avoided. So we can kind of maybe break it into two buckets and talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just talk about the bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah? You yeah. talk about the good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, digging the hole and I'm building the footing. Like, that's well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should never build a house, no. just saying, together anyways. <laughs> Separately, maybe. Um, we'll be working against each other. But um, so a lot of the common themes that run through Bitcoin, like I said, are, you know, libertarianism is one. Okay. 
And yeah, maybe we should define that, define that, define that. Yeah. Right. Basic definition is minimum state intervention. Yeah. And the belief in civil liberty. Isn't that what this podcast is all about? <laughs> <laughs> well, so to a certain degree, and that's where it gets tricky yeah, because yeah. you can take it too far. Right. Right. So, you know, from our perspective, yeah, we want minimal state intervention and we want uh, more civil liberties. Yeah. Right. Um, but for different reasons, I think. Right. Yeah. And then, so the other one just quickly would be like anarcho-capitalism. Okay. So you, you can see anarchy is in, in there as well. And people get like, ah, anarchy. Yeah. Um, but really it's not about anarchy. It, uh, you know, it's not chaos. It's not chaos capitalism, but it's basically capitalism without excessive state intervention. And that's kind of linked to libertarianism. Right. But the, the vision is really no governments. Right. Everything's private. Yeah. And, you know, I, how that would actually work out. Like, so what, you know, as Christians, we have to discern, okay, how do these ideologies or these isms interact with God's word? And yeah. How, yeah. Yeah. And exactly. What can we learn from them and what can we dispose? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, these ideas are not exclusively linked to Bitcoin because yeah. they were around long before Bitcoin was. Um But Bitcoiners have by and large adopted a lot of these because it kind of fits it within. It aligns. Yeah, it aligns and you're pushing back against okay, the same well, maybe so, common enemy, right? So we haven't really, really delved into Bitcoin itself, and we will, or we'll have experts on who actually can. But um, when you say Bitcoin culture, um, it's like, why do these things kind of emerge, right? Is it, is it something to do with Bitcoin that, um, you know, now, like, it, to me, it's just, it's a monetary technology. So, like, for the listeners, why... Like, why is there this whole subculture around just somebody who owns a bunch of money, right? Like, <laughs> well, one of the most important features of Bitcoin is that it is decentralized, right? As opposed to everything else in our lives, which seems to be centralized. Yeah, and we've talked about you know the evils of the central bank, yeah. and central planning by governments and so forth. Um, so there is that pushback against that because we see what happens when it's the government... It's like a backlash. Plan, yeah, it's a backlash. When the government plans every aspect of your life, um, you know, people are starting... Some people love that and other people hate it and they're pushing back against it. And um, so it's it's a direct response to that. And that's, that's why Bitcoin came about too, was in a monetary um, way, a pushback against central planning. Yeah. Centralization of all of our, our resources and monetary policy. Um, and so that's where some of these ideas uh, come from. And I mean, libertarianism is not a new, certainly not a new yeah. concept, right? Um, but it's this idea that, which, you know, I agree with, that we have far too much state intervention in our lives. But the question is, how much do we need, right? Yeah. Do we need stateless societies? Yeah. Um, is that is that a good thing? Is that a Christian thing? Christian idea? Ooh. Right? Because, I mean, what, you know, so you have to go back to the Bible to, yeah. to figure out, like, what actually should be our model or should we have a model for government? Because Christians existed in all kinds of situations, yeah. in all kinds of governments. Yeah. Right? And Jesus didn't call for... A radical new kind of state. Yeah, you almost he called have, for how we interact with other people, how we interact with the government. Yeah, that to be radically Salt, changed. Yeast or leaven, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, you know, and we've had a lot of, especially since COVID, right? Which a lot of people said, "Hey, this is just too much. This is government overreach, and um, it's just much too, like it's just much too much, and you know, there's a lot of Christians yeah. in that category as well. So it's almost like before COVID happened, um, the government might have had the power to kind of extend its reach, but it never really had the reason to, right? Yeah. And this kind of had an opportunity to do it, and yeah, they flex the arm of the government to implement some of these things, and then people backlash and i think yeah in the bitcoin community you saw a lot of that <laughs> yeah huge yeah. and i mean a pivotal moment for a lot of people including myself which i think i mentioned before was when trudeau froze bank accounts yeah yeah right that's, once yeah. you it's still quoted people every podcast like yeah the thing in the world that was like <laughs> so much more than canadians realize <laughs> yeah but um like yeah I, right away i was like 
wait like, a minute. Whoa. Yeah. So um, libertarian. So once you hit people in the pocketbook, they pay attention. Yeah. And libertarian ideology is like individual freedom, right? So if you don't have yeah. the freedom to like use your money the way you choose and they freeze the bank account or whatever as an example, yeah, right, then that makes sense, right? Like if we don't want that, well, we want libertarianism, right? And does does that mean we should embrace the whole philosophy of libertarianism or does that mean? Well, so, you know, there's you have libertarian, you could say there's Christian libertarianism, and then, you know, so that's minimal state intervention. Yeah. But in that model, there is still a state. Right. right? And I think um, we talked about that with Pastor Coyne as well. Right. He's like the only reason the state should His exist. name is not Coyne, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's close friends call him that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the, the reason the state should exist is to is for justice. Yeah. Right. And, you know, my thinking is the state should exist to protect property rights but that's kind of related to um to justice because yeah. if property rights are violated then justice needs to happen and that's you know um i think that's the the real resonetra well, yeah. for the state not for all the other things <clears throat> i think christians okay maybe we need to zoom out a bit because i think christians have a perspective that's quite different from all these different isms in that like we have an eternal perspective, right? Yeah. So when we look at our money, when we look at like all of these things are in context of uh, eternity. So really um, our eternal future is set because we have been redeemed by our savior, Jesus. Right. So now we have, um, we have hope for this life and we live in a corrupt world. Okay. So that's kind of the context that we look at all these things. Right. Yeah. And then um, you might start thinking about, you know, okay, should we have this type of government? Should we do this? Um, but really, we kind of have to take a step back there too and say, well, okay, God is in control over this and he establishes authorities in different times in different ways, right? Like you see yeah. all different civilizations throughout history, different governing structures. Um, and we live in the one we live in now and we might be opposed to some of the things they do. But at the end of the day, the Christian perspective is that God put that in place and it's for our good and it's for a reason, right? It's part of that working of his plan of salvation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think as part of like the warning that we may want to give to people when they start looking at a Bitcoin culture is you got to keep your Christian perspective and that eternal perspective on these things, especially, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, we were just um, studying um, like Jonah and then tied in uh, <coughs> Jeremiah 18 to that. Actually, yeah. that reminded me of a what I find a, humorous point that I want to yeah. okay. want to make. <laughs> no, but the, um, in in Jeremiah eighteen, you're reading about um, the potter, okay, right? And if if the pot he is making is marred, then he'll remake it. And the point is, like God said, you know, I will raise up nations and and cast them down, yeah. according to my wills and my design. Yeah, he and, is the potter. Yeah, he's the potter. He forms the clay how he wills. Yeah, exactly. So that's like that's a very important point you mentioned that um, uh, he's in control and we can be involved, right? Just like if we're investing, we're still taking an active role and, and you know, we have a responsibility, but it's not all up to us. And if the yeah. government is corrupt or the government is like, yeah, we should, we can protest and we can be involved in the system, but have keep that eternal perspective. It's not all up to us and it's not going to make or break us eternally. Yeah. yeah. And you can be irritated in the here and now. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, anyways, no, I was just, I was thinking about that. And so there's the, um, this other quote from Jeremiah that people, use all the time, misuse all the time, right? This is not related to Bitcoin or anything. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, for I know the plans I have for you to, to prosper you and right. to... Um, That's like the health and wealth it, kind of idea? It, it, yeah, but even like, I don't know, I see lots of Christians using this um, this quote, right? Yeah. And it is it is the idea of the health and wealth or that God only intends good for, for it. So I want to yeah. start quoting... Um, from Isaiah 18, verse 11b. Thus says the Lord, behold, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. 
and just like that's the <laughs> that's I'm gonna, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hang that on a plaque in my house yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like, there. What do you think about that? <laughs> Maybe you have two sides of the wall and paint one black and one white, yeah. and then you just oh yeah, I'll have both yeah. quotes, and depending on the day, we'll flip the uh, flip the p- plaque this way or that. <laughs> Anyways, that's just a warning against taking verses out of context, I guess. <laughs> Since we're on Jeremiah. But um, yeah, you're right. That eternal perspective is very important because we get so caught up in um, in the here and now and what's going on and like, ah, this isn't right and the government can't do that. And like, yeah, there, you know, there's a point to that, but that can't consume your life. Yeah. And this is what we see happening with Christians and also with um, like with Bitcoiners too, right? Now, if you're not a Christian and you become a Bitcoiner, like, okay, you can see why that would sort of consume your life or become your worldview. Yeah. But there's work for us to do there then. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a good opportunity to witness. So one of the maybe one of the good things about the culture is this idea of individual responsibility. And I guess it can be a good thing or a bad thing, but um, on the good side, uh, having unsound money, like our current system, right, fiat system, it incentivizes us to put responsibility on others, right? Yep. Like kind of cast the blame on, you know, the government. They can print money. Why don't they solve the problems, right? You know, um, we talked about the welfare system, right? I, as Christian, should be the one getting off my couch and going to help the guy who needs help. But our system is set up such that we have a program to help that guy, right? So we just give money through our taxes. So we're not really incentivized to help anybody, right? And that's not a Christian attitude. Mm-hmm. So I think Bitcoin as sound money introduces like this um, this layer of individual responsibility again, right? Like now we have sound money and you're responsible for it, right? Like if you lose your money, it's gone. Um, but and also the government can't print money, so it can't create this out of nothing. So we're left with, hey, you want responsibility for your money? Like you're going to have to take action to protect it. You're going to have to be responsible for your future. You're going to have to help people in need, right? And that, in a sense, is a good thing about Bitcoin culture. And you can kind of see that too. Like a lot of these different groups and meetups and chats and whatever that are kind of forming around like this. Yeah, I guess it's a culture. Um yeah, there, there's, there is this emphasis on take responsibility for your life and your yourself and your money and your future, right? Yeah. So there's two ways you can go with that, right? <clears throat> yeah. So the one is is to become inward looking. Yeah. And take responsibility for yourself and your like. Yeah, that's that's a good message for sure. I mean, Jordan <laughs> Peterson has been yeah preaching that for uh for a long time as well so evolved from lobsters <laughs> <laughs> right so on its face yeah that that's a good life uh lesson but you know where christians need to take it is um is you're not just responsible for yourself you're responsible for others yeah and it's not just about you it's not just about yourself Right, so you talked about the welfare system, and like this is just the danger where people will go to for like it's all me, me, me. It's like no, it's not. It's not you. You have the responsibility. People want the responsibilities and the rights, and they don't want. Yeah, you have the. You they know, want the rights. They don't want the responsibility. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They want the rights, not the responsibility. Yeah, because the responsibility is not just for you; it's for others, right? You talk about the welfare system. Yeah, and you think of well, what if there's somebody who's just by themselves and they're disabled, and you know, ideally, you would. What we've done for a long time is you had a strong family system. Yeah. Or and I was just listening to Jimmy Song talk about this on, a, on another podcast, right? Um, so Jimmy Song is uh, is a Christian Bitcoiner. For those of you who don't know, you can Google him. Um, but he was talking about how we've changed. Hat, right? Yeah, Korean guy with a cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> it's his uh, it's his trademark. But um, talking about how we've changed from sort of a tribal or a and uh, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for like, like a, a bigger family yeah, yeah like a clan a bigger family system where people support each other. Uh, to eventually we went actually, and this is a good point, to the nuclear family, right? which is a relatively recent thing, where it was just basically like husband and wife and their kids. And this is, we always extol the virtues of the nuclear family, but I'm like, oh yeah, yeah it's interesting. We've moved away from that. It's still a smaller unit. Yeah. And it's still more individual. 
I'm right. responsible for my own family. I'll take care of it, and that's it. It's but not about my brothers and sisters wa- and yeah. parents and grandparents and all. Yeah, of the so like, oh, that's a good point. Um, but the point with you know with the welfare system is you're not falling back on your family when you have a problem. You're falling back on the government. Yeah. And people will say, well, if you don't have a family, then how could you do that? It's like, well, because the whole system is designed to destroy the family. Yeah. And to, you know, um, to take your reliance away from families and put the reliance on the government. So on that score, yeah, I can agree with that. But then... You can't go too far, right? I'm just that, thinking, like, the government wants more tax revenue. They put all the people to work. They want the women to work. They don't have families. Yeah, there's so, so many things going on here. <laughs> yeah, it is it is designed to destroy the family. Absolutely. Oh, man. And so, you know, this is where, if we could put an emphasis on family as Bitcoiners, that would be great. Because a lot of the emphasis is, is very individual. Yeah. And I then, think where that comes in is maybe in the long term, as people start thinking about the future, right? Because in a money in a, in a world where you don't have the ability to save for the future, you discount it more, right? Like you don't think about it. You're just like, okay, hey, you know what? Uh, I got to get up tomorrow and go to work because I'm not going to have the ability to make ends meet, right? But if you can start saving in a vehicle that actually stores value quite well into the future and actually maybe goes up in value, right? Now you start thinking, oh, Maybe I shouldn't spend it because it's going to be worth more tomorrow and I'll hold on to it. So in the Bitcoin culture, you have these, I think this mindset shift to if I work hard and produce value to the marketplace, I will be rewarded and I can put that into Bitcoin. And now when I hold the Bitcoin, I, it will be worth more in the future, but what's my future look like? Right. And then you start thinking, oh, should I have a family? Should I settle down somewhere? Like you you start asking those questions. So I think it incentivizes that sort of direction. So it's individual, but it's also maybe family to the extent that people think about the future, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like that, to me, it's not the right foundation, though. No, it's not, but it's incentivizing things that Christians might see as Yeah, so that in that point, it's good. Yeah. Right? Like, we come from the idea of family is good. Yeah. And... Because it's God's design for... It's... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, not for every single person, right? There, Paul was a single... Yeah. A single man. Yeah. Um, but in general, yeah, family. That's how cultures are built, is on family. And... Um, you know, so we we believe that because of God's word and God's design, not because Bitcoin makes it easier to have families. Yeah. But you know, if that's if people get led to that idea, and I think more people are, then that's great. But then we, I think, you know, as Christians, especially in a Bitcoin world, then we have a responsibility to engage with people, and um, to to explain to them. Or I don't know, to yeah. explain. I don't want to be patronizing, but to, like to show them, like why <laughs> no, we now believe- come here, you sit at my feet, you. <laughs> no, but explain to people why, like the importance of family. Yeah, and you know, you you get there different ways, but it's because of uh, because of what God designed, right? Even the like individual rights. Yeah. So this is you know this is a very this is strong your, this thing. This is your big thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of my big things. No, but the you know Bitcoin is very big on individual rights. Yeah, right. The sovereign individual. We've, yeah, we've. Um, That's a book. That book. And We're it, gonna do a review when I get it back from the person I lent it to. But. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you can borrow mine. Oh. But um, anyways, yeah, the idea of individual rights, right? And so Christians versus non-Christians have very different ideas about human rights. What are human rights? Well, right? how does Bitcoin affect? the rights or like how, how do you think what well, Bitcoin culture kind of, well, it, so it depends on your perspective again, where you're coming from, right? That informs how you think about it. Right. So Bitcoiners are very much about, you know, less generally less government, more individual responsibility, which is good. And then yeah. more individual rights. So as Christians, we believe those rights accrue to us because we're created in the image of God. And, Dei. and the reason Bitcoiners might think that is, maybe because um, it's a peer-to-peer system where like I hold my value, you hold your value, you know, we can translate it. We don't have to rely on some trusted third party to do a transaction. Um, You know, I can go to work. It's whatever I have is mine. I have my keys. Like I store my coins, like I'm responsible for it. So, you know, and, and on the other side too, like nobody can take it. 
nobody can confiscate it. Nobody can censor it. So therefore I have the right to kind of be my own person. And like, you can't, you can't interfere with my life and whatever I do will happen because, and that kind of, I guess, dovetails with the sovereign individual, right? Like you can't tell me what to do, mom. Yeah. I'm 18 now. Yeah. I have Bitcoin (laughs) and you can't censor it. (laughs) Um, yeah. Often it's a reaction to the system that we have now, right? People aren't always coming up with this idea just by themselves. But because our government is so over-involved in every aspect of our lives, they're just like, enough, that's yeah, enough. Yeah. And like, oh, here's this philosophy of individual rights and, and more responsibility. But for us, it's we, have, we only have rights because God gives them to us. Because and we're it's created not, in the image of God. Yeah, and that's where individuals have value yeah. is because of that image of God. Yeah. That's why life is valuable. Yeah. Right. That's why, you know, why we reel against abortion. Yeah. Or, you know, um, euthanasia, these things. Not it's because. It's not like an economically founded argument that somehow. Well, or even just the intrinsic rights of a person, because like, right. what is that based on? You know, people believe, you know, every human has rights or we have individual human rights. Yeah. Well, what because is that you based have inalienable on? personal property or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, essentially the argument, right? Yeah. But it's like, no, it's, it's because, I mean. At the core of it, we're not, they're not our rights. Yeah. We don't belong, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. Yeah. And that's the only reason we have value. But that's also a good message that every yeah. person has value. And it's the only reason we have comfort. <laughs> yeah. Like if you got Bitcoin, Yahoo. But well, you know, and yeah, I mean, left to our no own devices. Significance in Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly. Left to our own devices. Look at where we are. <laughs> yeah. We're in this studio and just talking to nobody. (laughs) Um, No, but like we're in a... Oh, we lose our cameras. We're in a bad... um, Bad signal area here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like a bad situation. And we... um, I wanted to talk a little bit maybe about one thing that is good too is that Bitcoin, it, it seems to be based on truth a lot more than based on... Um, like a distorted sense of reality or distorted truth. The search for truth, yeah. What is true meaning? Yeah, and um, how do we kind of broach this subject? Because um, the fiat system, it rewards behaviors that aren't actually real, right? We've talked about that when we talk about politics and education and food, right? When we had Mike on, we talked about how um, you have like this farming system where you know, the guy who's in power over like, he's the agricultural minister or whatever minister of agriculture. He could be somebody who doesn't actually know how to farm. He doesn't have the truth. Like he doesn't really know when to plant. When like to you could have plant. a housing or an immigration minister who really has no idea what they're doing. That kind yeah, of idea. That kind of idea. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so you run a system that be in, in a large sense because of, the ability to print money, you end up with like an exacerbation of the system where yeah, it's not based on truth. But when you introduce Bitcoin, where you can't you can't inflate the money supply, so you can't uh, perpetuate programs or ideologies that conflict with reality, right? Yeah. Like it's, it takes an awful lot of resources to fund research articles and academics to. To, to come up with like, okay, what is the climate going to do in the next hundred years? Everybody should be scared of this and this and this, right? If that's not actually true, then you will not have funding for it because you can't print money, right? So maybe big powerful organizations with a lot of money can still do corrupt things in a Bitcoin system, yeah. but it's it has an end, right? And it's kind of, it incentivizes kind of this return to reality or I guess you could say truth. Like what is, and I think I see that personally, like listening to podcasts, reading books and whatever, even talking to Bitcoiners, um, they kind of acknowledge that there is an absolute truth. Yeah. Right. And that, and that almost seems like a step in the right direction from our culture today, where we have like individual people deciding what is true for them is not true for you. It's true for me. Right. Like um, we talk about post-truth society, right? Um, and now almost like Bitcoin community is going back to, okay, there is actually only one way of doing things. That's true, right? Maybe they haven't identified what the actual truth is yet, yeah. right? Um, but at least it's coming in the right direction. 
Yeah, it is. And so it's how you approach that and how you come to the conclusions that that matters, right? Because, yeah, we're in a post-truth society, like you said, where the only truth really is your feelings yeah, or my feelings. And that's all that matters. So we do run the risk of when you're moving to the to sort of a Bitcoin ecosystem um, of just transferring that when you have such a strong emphasis on individual rights without a solid basis for those rights. Like I said, right, the the image of God, right? All you're doing is you're taking, you know, if it's all about my rights, my individual rights, well, then it's the same thing. It's about my, what I feel really matters. And that is the truth. Um, so I think there's, you know, maybe, maybe it's semantics, but I think it's an important distinction where yeah. you need to understand that the rights that we have are given to us by God. Yeah. So they and, still haven't, we still haven't figured out the source of the truth in the Bitcoin culture, but at least they're reckoning with that yeah, there, there is a truth. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Okay. And we just, yeah, we just have to be careful to make that truth again, not individual, but right. like an absolute standard that yeah. exists. Right. Yeah. Like even we talk about, um, people will argue about, you know, property rights. Like, why do you talk about property rights? And, you know, is that really important? But that's like really the building block of our, our society of civilization. Yeah. And, you know, God instituted that. This is not just some idea, but when he said, you shall not steal. Yeah. Well, there's the idea that, you know, if you can't steal. Yeah. What are you stealing? Yeah. Because if everybody owns everything communally, yeah. then there's no stealing. You just take yeah. what you need and that's it. But if you own something and you have the rights to that thing, yeah. not Who because gave of you. Those you rights? Yeah. yeah, you get you get them from God, but that is your property. Yeah. Then I can't steal if I take that. That's stealing and that's wrong. So that means that you know individual property rights are important. Yeah, and that Jesus takes it even a layer further. It's like coveting, right? Even yeah. if you want to. Um, you want to have what the other person has before you even take it. Well, that actually that not not just Jesus, but that's yeah, one that's, of the Ten Commandments, right? The OG rules. The original oh, uh, the original rules. Okay, we've um, gone off the track here again. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, if you think about the Bible as a guideline for society, yeah. like here's a good, there's a good one. Property rights, yeah, very important, but. Yeah. Because they were given to us by God. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're using our property for his glory. Not because you have intrinsic value, Brent, and therefore your property is sacrosanct. Yeah. Only Almost like, like, okay, no matter what you have, if you have fiat currency or Bitcoin or whatever, like, okay, it's a gift from God. But then what do you actually do with it, right? Like you just sit on it. You use it for your own personal pleasure. You try to enhance your lifestyle or well-being or standard of living. Or do you use it to serve other people, right? And that that's, I think that's lacking in the Bitcoin community too, is this heart position of like, yeah, some people are obviously generous and giving because they realize like, hey, I didn't really do anything to get this or whatever. But that's a, a, a the Christian bent. It should be the Christian bent no matter where you are on the financial yeah. spectrum, right? Like if you have lots or not very much, right? You should be uh, applying yourself to get more, to give more. That's kind of the... Um, mindset. Yeah. And people will talk about, you know, especially people who were in Bitcoin early and have done really well. Yeah, um, like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not like myself. Wait, didn't you buy it for your birthday or you yeah, got, uh... I'm talking about early, like, okay. you know, 2015 kind right. of thing. Um, <laughs> you threw me right off there. You bought 10,000, uh, <laughs> or you paid 10,000 Bitcoins for, for a pizza? pizza yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, no, but they talk about, people talk about being grateful. This isn't just Bitcoin, but, you know, people yeah. who are have done well in life, right, financially. Yeah. They talk about being grateful and paying it forward. Where You know, which, yeah, good good principles. But again, front like, if you're grateful, grateful is a verb that is, it's, um, what do they call it? Transitive, I think. So that means there's an action that you're passing on. You're doing to something, right? If you're grateful, well, sorry, gra sorry, grateful is an adjective. It's not a verb. But right. uh, may maybe, we, maybe we should just stick away from grammar. But the point is, you're grateful to someone. Right, right. Right? Who are you grateful to if, like, just the cosmos? Yeah, Right. People will talk about practicing gratitude right. on a daily basis, right? But it's like, to who? Yeah, yeah. If it's not to God, then like yourself, 
Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that it's pretty magnanimous right. to go walking around giving out money and say you're grateful to the people you just gave the money to. It's like, yeah, thanks like, for making oh, me I'm feel so good about myself and that here's some money. Yeah. yeah, grateful to Yeah, acknowledge to where it came what? from. <laughs> okay. So anyways, that's, you know, not, you know, people who are, are helping others. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's great to see some of these stories where people are being lifted out of poverty. Yeah. Um, just through having sound money. Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's great. But again, with all things... It should point to uh, yeah. should point to Christ. Did you have anything else on your list that was like uh, um, throwing Bitcoin culture under the bus? <laughs> oh yeah, a little. I got lots. I got lots. Well, I mean, this is coming from all... two guys who are like keenly interested in Bitcoin <laughs> and like to study it and uh, buy it. Yeah, you know. Um, but well, but you have to have your eyes open. Yeah. Right. Because again, coming from one from a lousy system anything else seems great yeah, and if you don't have your eyes open when you buy bitcoin like you could put an extra decimal place in there <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah money goes away pretty quick yeah i'm kidding <laughs> um well so we've talked a little bit about libertarianism yeah right minimal state intervention i can agree that's that's good strong emphasis on civil liberties again you know personal rights we have to understand where they come from. But the other idea going a little further is anarcho-capitalism. So you got yeah. like Stefan Levera is one person who would identify as an anarcho-capitalist. And the, that's, you know, that's a little, that's a step further. It's, it's anti-status, right? Basically they say we should abolish states. Yeah. Shouldn't have any states. Um, we should live in a, in a, <laughs> in a state of self-regulation and everything should be privately controlled. So even like courts and yeah. justice and stuff should be private and um, kind of run on a consensus basis. And right. that's, you know, I can see From a lot the more. the members of the society who live there. Yeah. Buying I, into it. So I see a lot more problems with that approach. Well, okay, how does, that, how does that mindset come about? Because I can think in Bitcoin, so we haven't even talked about how the, all these things originated in Bitcoin. So maybe just a perspective, like Bitcoin, we mentioned is decentralized, so it cannot be controlled by the government. So that means it incentivizes like a smaller and more accountable government structure, right? Because yeah. um, if you can't print money, then how do you spend money? Well, you have to ask the people that you govern for money. And if they're unwilling to give money because the cause that you're asking for money for is not valid or not something they're interested in, um, you either have to apply force, in which case you have a struggle between the citizens and the government. And um, at some point there's gonna be a breaking point where, uh, you know, I guess more people join the citizens, the government falls apart, right? Um, so they're trying to exact the value from the citizens. And if they, they can't do that through a fiat monetary scheme where they're like able to just print more dollars, stealing the wealth of the current generation and the future generations for years and years and years to come and confiscate that wealth and spend it on whatever they want, they have to actually exact it through Bit like in a Bitcoin world where it's decentralized, like no government controls it, no one can stop it, no one can confiscate it, right? Um, so now all of a sudden the government becomes way more accountable to the people and generally would get smaller, right? Because if you're yeah. more accountable, usually the accountability works well in a smaller and smaller area, right? Like if I have a neighborhood, this neighborhood that we're in, right? Like we have certain nuances here. We have certain weather, we have certain problems, like we have certain you know needs in our community, right? We're gonna have like I would prefer to have a government that like lives right down the road and sees everything that goes on and wants to like help because he lives here. Right. And then, so you start with like a really, really close knit accountable structure and then you work upwards. Cause like, Hey, here's my Bitcoin. You guys fixed the problem. You didn't fix the problem. I'm not getting any more Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. And then you can go up on a scale, like, Hey, the province or the city, the province, whatever. Right. And you can start ballooning upwards. But the idea is that in having, sound money that can't be confiscated kind of shrinks that whole system. Yeah. It's interesting when you start talking about accountability, you almost always then come to the conclusion of smaller government. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which means it's like, wait a minute, kind of, the yeah, current like, government's not accountable. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone, no. but yeah, I would, they don't even know to count. It would be interesting. <laughs> 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 it's true. They don't. Um, it would be interesting if you, you know, so if you ran this model of like a neighborhood government. Can they shut our podcast down? <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, man. Um, right. How many people would be involved in running that? Right. 
versus the current amount of uh, people involved in running this neighborhood yeah. right now. Yeah. When you add in politicians and bureaucrats, all the different levels, the municipal level, the provincial level, the federal level, like I think they're in in that system where they can print money. They're not incentivized to do things efficiently, right? We keep laughing at the bureaucracy. Like, yeah, they're not. They're not. If they could just print money and they make a budget and they can hire people and like they're not a productive use of our money, but they're also there's no like no reason to stop spending it and keep having efficient or like, so whereas in a private organization, you would have more efficiency because you have a bottom line. You can't exceed that and you need to get the job done. Otherwise you're out of business. Right? Yeah. So if you want to exist, you got to do it like the right way and fail. And that's where, um, I guess that failure can be papered over in the fiat system, right? They can just keep printing even though it doesn't work, even though it's dumb, even though, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just I'm trying to find um, trying to find a solution. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to find that for years. No, the um, uh, like the amount of bureaucrats per person oh. in Canada and the I, trend. Well, not even the trend. We know the trend is going up. Yeah. Right. It's uh, like yeah per capita. It's gone up. Isn't it like fifty percent of the employees in the government or in the world are government? <laughs> I don't know, it's some we sh- we should yeah we'll prep we, for that another time yeah. but um, the the whole point is more accountable government is smaller yeah theoretically we because we don't have it so we don't know yeah but it would be much much smaller and um, yeah as you say um, so I think that's one of the interesting things about the Bitcoin culture is that there is a there is kind of like this push towards that right and yeah. even the politicians who seem to adopt Bitcoin embrace it. Um, put forward policies on it or who have it themselves and use it right they're generally kind of on that side of the spectrum right like we should cut government employees we should try and yeah shrink the size of the government i mean yeah it nominally they are yeah we'll see what yeah, you know exactly. if they if, they if get some of these people get elected we'll see how they actually we're gonna behave. double the money supply and then we're gonna <laughs> well, I mean, go to war yeah you, you would <laughs> And conquer Canada. We and always steal think all of, of like gold. you know, conservative <laughs> governments um, should you know, they should cut yeah and be more accountable. But like, are they actually going? to? I can't really think of any that are. Yeah, no. Just two sides of the same coin, really. Yeah. When it comes, you know, if if they made meaningful changes digital, to digital the amount coin, of bureaucracy, right? two sides of the same digital coin. <laughs> well, the digital That's coin the problem. is and now that it's size. digital. It's just there is no different <laughs> side. It's just like. <laughs> Oh man. So anyways, we're not going to change the government, but um yeah, I just wanted to to touch on the anarcho-capitalist because that is a a popular point of view as well yeah. among bitcoiners and um you know, it's interesting, but it what it doesn't take into account is the fallen nature of man. Right. And you know, I am not for not big perfect. government, but if everybody just did their own thing, yeah. I think it would be anarchy as the name uh, suggests right <laughs> like if there's no states and self-regulate like you're relying too much on the on goodwill of yeah. uh, of mankind and for everybody to act not just in their own best interest but in the best interest of others yeah which i don't like i don't think you could have don't think that would work at all and i mean yeah our <laughs> current system is flawed but um i don't know is it the best idea that we've had you know what did winston churchill say democracy is the worst form of government out there except for all the other ones yeah so uh contending with the fallen nature of man um is always going to be whatever system we have even a bitcoin standard right there's you're still gonna have you know those who are more powerful yeah abusing those who are less i think one thing that is interesting that's happening is that how people in the bitcoin culture the community like they start these kind of little communities, right? Yeah. Where um, it's not just online communities. Right? There's lots of those, right? That people interact and they all have kind of similar mindset or culture, but it's online. They actually go physically to a place. They have meetings. And they, and they have meetings, but they like also... weekly like, meetings sometimes. Yeah. Or they'll like... So that could happen quite frequently all over the place. But like, I'm just thinking, you know, places in... Uh, where is it? Costa Rica or whatever. Like all different different uh destinations where people are kind of moving there because it's a bitcoin centric 
kind of ecosystem or world where I can spend Bitcoin, I can save Bitcoin, I can have the culture that kind of revolves around Bitcoin. And it's really fascinating, right? Like these people kind of get together and they, they have a, it's almost like a belief and like subculture. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, that's where I was going with the weekly meetings, right? Yeah. Yeah, like who yeah. else does that? I don't know. And we worship the. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're kind of making light of it, but yeah. when you don't have God in your life, then there is room for something else to become God. Yeah, and we have to have a God. Yeah, whether it's yourself or something external. Yeah, man was we'll designed worship something. Yeah, we're going to worship yeah. something, and so that's that's sort of one of the I guess the the things when you're talking about Bitcoin is um you know what are you worshiping. Yeah. And where we have a responsibility, if we're in the Bitcoin world or whatever, is to tell people about the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we know about truth. Truth exists. But here's the actual source of truth. Yeah. And that's God. And um, yeah, lots lots of opportunities anyways. So Ooh. yeah, I, I think that's... Uh, that's good. Most of what I wanted to cover. Just... Um, I don't know. I think for the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> for yeah, for Christians looking at who are interested in Bitcoin, who are getting into the uh, into that culture, a framework to yeah, a framework with which you know keep your um, keep your priorities straight. Yeah, and you know this is another opportunity. Uh, and I think, a good opportunity to talk about Jesus to people, to yeah. talk about the truth. I think that we've kind of really focused this episode on like the core <clears throat> Bitcoin culture that, but there also seems to be this peripheral culture too. I mean, we could just touch on, but that like people who kind of get into it just casually and they're into it for the wrong reasons, right? Like I want to get rich quick kind of yeah. thing, right? And that's kind of like this peripheral idea. Um, you know, they want to, they, they see it. They don't do too much looking at it. They just see it as a way to make it big. And that's kind of the talk they go in, right? Like, you know, I put money in this and, you know, I'm going to double my money. And yeah. Um, and that's kind of approach to be aware of too, as a Christian, when we look at this, it's like, you're going to kind of go through that layer first and then you're going to get into this other layer. <laughs> yeah. And I think we talked a little bit about that on the, you know, is Bitcoin an investment right. episode? It's yeah. not an investment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Cool, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for this lively chat, Brent. Yeah, it's a pleasure. As always. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to our listeners, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, and uh, until next time. Steward your wealth wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely.